Well, my name's Tom Fenning and... I'm Peter Skerritt. And this is the Beckles Baptist Church Reading Together podcast, which exists in order to encourage us as a church family to read through a book together and to prompt further thinking and further discussion of what we have read. Each of the episodes of this podcast will cover one chapter in the book, Enjoying God by Tim Chester, and today we're going to have a look at chapter one. Now, before we dive into the chapter, one thing that is helpful to note is that both chapters one and two are really laying the foundations. They are the introduction to the rest of the book. And so they will tee up key concepts for us to understand and to know in order that we're going to be able to reap what is then to come. So that's where we're going. Peter, talk to us. Uh, Yeah, so Tom, clearly um, we're skipping over Mike and Emma for now. Um, we're going to return to them to see what this actually means for them at the moment. But uh, we're looking at chapter one. What, what do you think of the, the big ideas? The, what's the kind of flow, the structure of the whole chapter? So the chapter's really formed around two big ideas, and they are this. First up, that God is Trinity. And secondly, that knowing more about God is wonderfully possible. And so let's, let's talk about these in turn. Um, Pete... It talks about God being Trinity. Mm. Why is that an essential thing for us to try and handle as we introduce the book? Um, well, I, I think I was actually just struck that it's completely the opposite of what you'd expect. Uh, if you want someone to know God, you don't immediately think they need to know the Trinity. Mm. Uh, you usually think the Trinity makes something more abstract. Um, but I think his big point seems to be that you are thinking abstract until you think Father, Son, Spirit. Like, uh, what does he say? Um, there's, uh, you, you don't have got a relationship with God in a general sense. There's like the, the, the godness behind the Father, Son, and Spirit. He's talking about this is how you know God himself, Father, Son, and Spirit. So actually, the Trinity makes things more concrete, more relational, mm. and not just a, an abstract idea of a, a thing called God, That's good. but a person. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, yeah, just like you want to get to know anybody it's, it's a personal relationship thing. Yeah, and I, suppose, and I suppose you could add on to that the whole thing of it's not just a kind of um, it's making it it's not just making it concrete. It's actually adding depth as well, isn't it? That mm. Just to talk to uh, for us to talk about relating to God without mentioning the Father, Son, and Spirit mm-hmm. is a shallow understanding of who God is. Whereas actually, to talk of Him as Trinity brings an added depth to our understanding right. um, and he just and t- I mean Tim talks very clearly doesn't he about the in the essential nature of needing to think about how God is father son and spirit mm. and yet that takes deliberate effort so what page 18 how does he put it uh, we need to train our hearts to think of the three persons and how we relate to each of them distinctly which then very much meshes with the action that he has mm. for the chapter of trying to think how do i pray to father son and spirit yeah that's right yeah. which helps process all of yeah. that which i mean uh, i think you mentioned it when we were talking earlier but clearly uh, um underlies the whole thrust of the whole book uh, you said he he deals with three think chapters on the father then three chapters on the son and three chapters on the spirit uh, to help us unpack this. So for now, we might be thinking, okay, this Trinity thing is a bit of a mystery, mm. um, but he's going to help us and lead us through that and help us to train our hearts to think of the three persons. 
yeah. in many ways, introducing the Trinity as he begins. He's road mapping yeah. where he's going to go. That's right. And that's a really helpful and an important thing. And as we read through the coming chapters, we'll see fleshed out what it means to relate to God as Trinity rather than relating to him as just a single person. Mm. Okay, uh, the second big building block that makes up the chapter, having thought of God being Trinity, he then goes on to talk about the fact that knowing God better, knowing him more, is a possibility, which, I mean, that all hinges on how the, t- the title is, <laughs> more, isn't it? Um, what does that rest upon? Why, why is it possible for us to know God more? Mm. Um, he makes a big distinction, doesn't he? Point, page 18... He says, heading, we can know more of God, the principle of union and communion. And he establishes the union before talking about the communion. So, what is it, what, Tell us, why is yeah. that order important? Oh, well, really important in the sense that union is how you are joined to God. And that's like a one-way thing. I don't go and join myself to God. And that doesn't change. Uh, I can't be closer to God in that sense of more, more in favour with him. Uh, that's the point of union. Uh, I'm either with Jesus as the son of the father or I'm not. That's the point of union. But like any relationship, you can know more of the one you're in relationship with, which is the sense of communion. So Zach is my son. And he's not going to be more or less my son tomorrow than he was yesterday. (laughs) Um, But he might well know me more tomorrow and I might know him more tomorrow. Um, And I suppose that's where it breaks down. We are fully known by God but we can know more of him. Um, so that's the idea of communion. Yeah. And I, I was reminded, actually, uh, a while ago, I read some letters by John Newton, um, the guy who wrote Amazing Grace, and he just summarised this quite neatly, the same point. He says, uh, communion with God presupposes union. I mean, you, you can't enjoy God if you're not joined to him. But now that you're joined to him, you, you can enjoy now getting to know him more. Um, so I think, yeah, you can know God, uh, you're, but you don't, grow in favour with him, you just grow in knowledge of him. Great. Great. So it's that sense of, yeah, as the book says, it's about enjoying God, yeah. experiencing more of him, depends on our effort and pursuit of him, um, but it is founded on his saving us in his son. It, w- it would be fair to say, though, that communion is an old-fashioned word. Really? I mean, <laughs> both of these, both of these yeah. are coded words, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, they rhyme nicely, but they don't necessarily... Which, which, which works well for headings in a book, but doesn't necessarily assist. So, go, so if you're going to decode them... Uh, he, he just says... Um, well, I'd say union would be yeah, you're, you, you have a relationship with God. You're joined to, to the Father mm-hmm. through the Son. Um, so that's yeah, union. But communion, he, he puts it here, a two-way relationship. It, that, that's how he defines it. There's a real two-way relationship. Past Christians spoke of this relationship as communion with God on page 19. That's good. And, and you just think the obvious analogy or example is that of marriage, that a couple, when they are married formally in a church service, they instantly become husband and wife. There is the union, but for them to enjoy their married life, well, it will take a lifetime of pursuing one another, getting to know one another. Mm. And that, I think, is an echo of what's going on. When someone becomes a Christian, they are married, joined to the Lord Jesus... And then it only takes a lifetime and eternity beyond that to truly get to know him and enjoy him. Okay, um, well, as you try and draw things to a close, 
it's worth just zeroing in on mm. just one of the questions. So there's a number of questions on page 24 that are really helpful. Um, but one particularly, the fourth one here, um, and the second half of it, what comfort is there in these principles of union and communion? Why are they comforting things? Yeah, we for, just comfort. You, you said it earlier uh, when we were talking. Um, that simply, when, when you've messed up, however, top of page 22, however much, much you mess up or neglect your communion with God, you can always start again because you're always united to God in Christ. So just like husband and wife, mm -hmm. um, a bad day doesn't end the relationship. I could start again tomorrow. It's the same with God. So whatever, wherever you've started, you can still start knowing him. Brilliant. So that's just a comfort that it's never too late to start. That's great. And I think that the other thing that really dawned on me as I read the chapter is that there's enormous comfort in the fact that actually getting to know God better is possible. Mm. I am empowered and enabled to know God better. But there's, I've got to do something about it. But the beauty is I can do something about it. As, and as I pursue God and want to get to know him better, it is possible to know him better. Mm. And that is just an awesome and a glorious thing to say, there's something you can do. And it's our prayer that as we read this book that we will gain a broader sense of all the things that we can do to enjoy and experience and pursue God as we go ahead. Yes. It's great. He doesn't just say, go and get to know God. He says, let me help you in this whole book. Exactly. Yeah. Bro, it's just, a, yeah, as we said in the first podcast, it's that whole thing of someone holding your hand and helping you think these things through. Mm -hmm. um, and this chapter just tees us up to get us going. Um, so there's chapter one. Um, we will be back next time with chapter two as we continue this introduction to the book, seeing um, all that it has to say. And do note the action here, this whole action. It might be a bit strange, feel a bit clunky for you to seek to pray to God as Father, Son and Spirit and thinking through uh, how does the different person affect how I speak to them. But actually forcing yourself into that discipline will really help you think through, OK, what are the different roles or do I just not understand the different roles that the different persons of the Godhead play? And as we get to the book, we'll be able to look at all of those things.